The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with your host, Jackie Pilosoff. No one should have to go through a divorce feeling alone and isolated. The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast is a production of Divorced Girl Smiling, where every show is 30 minutes aimed to empower you, help you feel validated and understood, and connect you with some of the best divorce professionals in the industry. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and start smiling as you join us right now for the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Before we get started, I wanted to take a minute to talk about a wonderful therapist. Her name is Julie Walton. Julie is an LCPC and she's committed to supporting individuals, couples, adolescents, and families in navigating divorce and other life-changing events. Julie has extensive experience working with all kinds of people who struggle with anxiety, depression, trauma, abuse, family conflicts, and just grief, loss, unexpected stressors, and more. If you want to find Julie, she's the founder of her practice, which is called North Shore Reach. You can find her at northshoreReach.com. I also want to take a minute and recommend Dr. Jeremy Warner, who is an MD and an FACS and a plastic surgeon. So Jeremy Warner is really well known on the North Shore. I've known dozens of patients of his, including me, and I have known him for like five or six years, and he is just wonderful. So Dr. Warner offers all kinds of plastic and facial surgery and fillers. And if you want to learn more about him, you can find him at warnerplasticsurgery.com. And you can find both Julie and Dr. Warner in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. So today I want to dedicate this episode to the divorced dad. And I feel like I know the divorced dad because I met a lot of them when I was going through a divorce and through this business and just meeting them and dating them and becoming friends with them. But also, I have a divorced dad as my guest today. And what we want to talk about is the divorced dad and we want to give advice to the divorced dad as far as like, Many, many different things that my divorced dad guest experienced and how to handle them. And this podcast is not only applicable to divorced dads, but I want women going through a divorce to listen to it also because you'll get a good perspective of what the divorced dad is thinking, things that he might be thinking or doing that you don't know about, that he's not telling you, that you can't understand why he's acting a certain way, and just what he might be thinking and how he might be feeling. So on to the divorced dad. I want to introduce my guest. His name is Michael Cohen. I want to tell you his story. He was a corporate executive who retired from his corporate career and decided to become a divorce mediator. And the reason Michael decided to become a divorce mediator is because of his own experience going through divorce litigation that was highly contentious. 
and it was just upsetting and he did not like the experience. And he is doing this almost as a philanthropic career to help other people who are going through a divorce. And he's killing it, by the way. And I believe it's because he's experienced, successful, has experience actually mediating in the corporate world and took that experience. And really, the biggest reason I think he's so successful is his passion for doing mediation. So hi, Michael. Hi, Jackie. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. I feel like it's a lot of responsibility speaking for all of the divorce dads, but I'll do the best I can. (laughs) Well, you're only going to talk about your own experience, but I truly think a lot of people listening, both men and women, will be able to relate to a lot of these divorce issues that divorce dads face. And I really think they could learn something from your experience and our advice. Yeah, I agree. And I appreciate you bringing this topic forward because this is why I'm doing it. And I hope this is meaningful. And I hope the dads out there understand and learn something. And I hope the moms out there can at least respect some of the things that we're going through. All right. So Michael and I put together this list of advice for divorced dads. And we're just going to, I'm going to read each thing and then we're going to talk about it. So the first one on the list is quality time with the kids. Now, what we mean by that is that usually if you're getting divorced, the dad has parenting time with the kids. And so both parents actually are seeing the kids less. But because the dad is the one who usually moves out, he might feel that his time with the kids is less and he might be insecure about it. And he might be worried about it. So talk about that, Michael. How did that feel? Yeah, it's really hard. Um, I had the kids one night a week and every other weekend. And when you have them, in when you're going through your normal life, you've got work, phone calls, friends, life is going on. When you only have them a limited amount of time, it's really important to put all that aside. And it doesn't mean that you're going to always be doing fun things. They may have homework. They may have other things that they need to do, but just be present for them. So you might come home from work. You might have work to do. No, you're going to be staying up late that night. Just spend the time with the kids and be there for them. And the other thing is, remember that this is all about quality, not quantity. And this goes for moms and dads. If you feel guilty because you're thinking, I'm not going to see my kids all the time, The time that you do see your kids, make the most of it because that's what matters most. I mean, I can tell you firsthand, my kids spend most of the time with me, always have, still do, but half the time I don't see them anyway because they're out with their friends, they're in their rooms. So it's all about quality and how you spend the time that you have. It's not about the number of days you have the kids. Would you agree with that? Well, yes and no. Like I always wanted more time with them and it was hard not to see them. But yes, the quality is really important to focus on. Okay, number two, try to be on time and respectful of the times that you have to pick up and drop off your kids. So you're making an impression on your kids and also on your former spouse every time you're interacting with the kids. And the kids don't have as much time with you to take a mistake and let it go by the wayside. So every time you're with them, you're showing who you are. When you're late, it shows them for that week they weren't 
important to you enough to put everything else aside for them. You only have that one opportunity or those two opportunities. So whatever you can do, try to be there on time, try to be there early, make yourself reliable for your kids so they know they could always count on you. I love that advice. And by the way, we're not bashing anybody because we understand that you're busy and you have a job and it's really, really hard. And we're actually going to get into how hard the change can be. Moving on to number three, try to be flexible if your ex needs to change schedules. Yeah, this is hard because especially if you don't have them for as much time as you want, it's hard to be even more flexible and give more time. But because you have such limited time, you also need flexibility. And I've been amazed at how well, when you put good things out into the universe, it comes back. It doesn't always work in divorce, but if you could be flexible with your spouse, those couple times where something comes up and you're out of town or something comes up and you need to be somewhere and you need to adjust the schedule, hopefully your spouse or your former spouse will have remembered you were flexible with your time for her so then she could also amend her time a little bit and help you not miss your time during the week with the kids. I'm so glad you said that because I believe that you, when you say, when you give and it comes back to you in divorce, that really doesn't always happen. But I think that if it happens, it will come back to you in other ways. So if you're just a good ex-spouse and if your ex doesn't reciprocate, the good that you put out there will come back to you in other ways, whether that's socially, dating, your job. I truly believe that. Do you? I do. But I would also add something on to that as well, that if you don't put out good, it's not going to come back. So your only chance is to put out good. Because if you become rigid and inflexible, you're going to get that back. And with the limited time that you have, you really, really, really need to invest in patterns and behaviors that are going to give you more flexibility when you need it. It may not come back to you. Divorce is very contentious, but if you don't at least try, it's not going to happen for you. I love that advice. And also, if you put it out there and you are you put all that good out there, you like yourself more. So you're going to present to the world in a much better way because you're just going to like yourself more. Yeah, that's important. Uh, the kids can see that. Kids are very intuitive. And you may think you're saying the right thing and doing the right things, but if you're not happy with the situation or you're not happy with yourself, they're going to see it and they're going to sense it. And that's going to be part of how they think about you. So I, I always say it's, it's lonely on the high road. Get on the high road because you'll be a better person and your kids will see it. Okay. Take the high road is actually number four, but we are going to take a short break and when we come back, we're going to get into why you should take the high road, even though you might be rolling your eyes and saying, I've heard this before, but wait till you hear what we have to say. And then we're going to get into more of these pieces of advice for divorced dads. We'll be right back. Are you a victim of parental alienation? If so, I want to recommend Pathways Family Coaching. And the two people that are Pathways are Jenna Noble and Monique Mason, and they are both co-parenting and reunification coaches. These women are amazing. They have heard countless heartbreaking divorce scenarios in parental alienation, and their jobs, they have dedicated their careers 
to helping people with strategies to reunite with their kids. I know someone who personally worked with them who was very happy with their services. They're just wonderful, and they both have personal experience in this, and I can't say enough about them. So if you want to learn more about Jenna and Monique, you can find them at pathwaysfamilycoaching.com. I also want to talk about a wonderful divorce and life strategist coach. Her name is Michelle Heffron, and Michelle is focused on people who have fear, doubt, self-sabotage when they're getting divorced or after. And Michelle also went through a divorce, and she is just wonderful. What I love so much about Michelle is that she's a great listener, and she will help you if you want to reinvent yourself, either professionally or personally, and all kinds of these life-changing issues that come with divorce. I love Michelle. I'm so excited to have her as a Divorce Girl Smiling Professional. And you can find Michelle at michellehefron.com. And it's one L in Michelle and two Fs in Hefron. You can find both Michelle and Pathways in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girls Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pillisoff, and I'm your host. I'm here today with divorce mediator and divorced dad, Michael Cohen. He's the founder of Michael's Mediation. He's been in business for over a year and doing extremely well. I'm not surprised at all. And Michael and I are giving advice for divorced dads. We're going to move on to taking the high road. So we sort of were talking about this in the last point, but when we say take the high road, people... I would say going through a divorce tend to roll their eyes because they're like, well, I'm never going to get this back. So why should someone take the high road if they know their ex is not going to do that? Because you're a parent and you want to be the best parent you can for your kids. And your kids, what do they say? It's not what you do or say. It's how you act is what kids emulate. So you want to be the best person you can be for your kids. So I can tell you the kids know when they're stressed, they know when there's resentment, they know when there's conflict between their parents. And if you live on that lifeline, the kids are going to see it, they're going to know it, they're going to feel it. So is that what you want your kids to learn from you? Or do they do you want them to learn that you're a good person and you have high morals, high character, you do the right thing and be proud of you and emulate you? And the only way to do that is to take the high road. Because when you don't, they will see right through it and they will look down upon the behavior. And when you do take the high road, they see that too. Even if they never say anything to you, they will grow up and they will remember, even if they never speak of it, they in their heart will remember how you acted and how your ex acted. I agree. Number five, don't beat yourself up if you're learning for the first time how to cook, help with homework, clean, organize your kids' schedules. Whatever you're doing for the first time, it's really hard, so don't beat yourself up. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I was an involved father, And, you know, one of the things I didn't do a lot of cooking, but I helped with everything around the house, transportation with the kids, their chores, um, everything else. Um, I'll always remember the pride I felt the first night I had them over. And I remember making a dinner for them and 
it was just so cool that I was able to figure it out. But it took a lot of effort because I had to think through what did I need to buy? What do I need to make? What do they like? And how do I have it prepared after school? I mean, those are things that come easy to people. For me, I had never done that a lot. And there was a great deal of pride. Um, there's other things that you have to do as a parent that when you have a co-parent in a marriage, you lean on each other and you usually rely on each other's strengths. So let's just say you're good at math and your spouse is good at science. You each rely on each other to help the kids in those areas. Well, here you have to do it all. So like you're not going to know it all. In a marriage, nobody knows everything. You rely on each other. So you have to get used to the fact that you you just don't know it all and you you need to just deal with it the best you can. And just learn and cut yourself a break and say, this is going to take time. Try not to get frustrated. You know, you bring up a good point. When you're in a marriage, it's like one person always does this. The other person always does that. Like maybe the dad always took the garbage out. I remember when I got divorced, I had never taken the garbage out in my entire marriage. Okay. Um, or like I didn't know how to fix things you know, around the house. So I had to get a really good handyman. That's my advice for that. You got to just make friends with a good handyman, tip them really well, and they'll be at your beck and call whenever you want. But I hear from a lot of women, I never paid taxes. I never got involved. All I did is sign the tax return. I never paid bills. You know, there are certain things you have to learn and people get really upset by that because they don't know how to do it and they're frustrated or they're scared and this is all new to them. So just have patience and cut yourself some slack. Michael's nodding, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay. Number eight, don't take it personally because teens don't want to spend time with either parent. Yeah, this one was really, really hard for me. I have three kids and um, my oldest was in that teen age year. And at that point for kids, friends, social life is important to them. And if you go to court, a judge will tell you that they start to take the children's needs more into account in a parenting schedule as they get older because you want them to do their own thing. So oftentimes only two of my kids would come with me during the parenting time and my oldest would stay at home and that hurt. And it wasn't because he didn't want to see me. It was just because he was at that age where other things were more important. And it was very... I don't know. It wasn't hurtful, but I, I felt bad that I wasn't able to spend more time with him. But I also felt good that I was helping him to do his thing in the age where he's exploring and being social and having friend groups in his home. So it was tough. I mean, he came with to special events and occasionally he'd come over and I, I do miss that time with him and, you know, try to make that up now. But um that's part of life. Kids get older and they move on. Well, I think it's okay if it's hurtful. It's hard not to take it personally and be hurt by it, but you have a good point. Kids, it's wouldn't you rather have your kids wanting to spend time with friends than sit home and don't have any friends? So when kids get to be teens, it's funny. I have this conversation still. My ex will say to me like, oh, I feel kind of bad. Like, I feel like I never see the kids. And I'm like, listen, they're at my house all the time and I never see them either. Because when they're here, they're either in their room or out with their friends or they take the car and they go somewhere. 
So I'm really not spending any more time with them than he is. <laughs> it's one of those things that if you do a good job as a parent, your kids will fly the coop. <laughs> exactly. And that's what you want. Do you want your teen to be sitting home with no plans all the time? No. Let them fly and live their lives and try not to take it personally because I promise it isn't. Number nine, if you have anger... Find an outlet such as a support group or therapy or friends to vent. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's it's anger and frustration. Uh, there's a lot of those emotions that dads go through because they're just not with the kids very much. I had a good friend who was also going through a divorce and we lived in the same area. So we hung out quite a bit and sometimes it was taxing. It was hard to listen to the stories, but at the same time, it was good to share and understand you're not the only one going through it. Um, some people join uh, support groups, uh, therapists, divorce coaches. Those are all really good things. I didn't know about that when I was going through the divorce. So I relied on my friends and my relatives who naturally supported me in every way possible. But today there's so many opportunities and within your group, Jackie, there's so many wonderful uh, resources um, within the therapy and divorce coach groups. Right. And there's also divorce coaches, which were not a thing when neither uh, when I went through a divorce or Michael, there was no such thing. And here's what I want to tell divorced men and women. If you have anger, which obviously you do, everybody getting divorced has it, and you don't deal with it through some kind of outlet then naturally you're going to say something to your kids or you're going to be mean to your ex because there's nowhere for that anger to go. So it is very important that you deal with your anger and get it out some way instead of telling your kids or your spouse, soon to be ex-spouse. Number 10, follow your kids' passions. Okay, what does that mean? Michael oh, wrote this, that one. This is my absolute favorite one. Um, you're not with your kids that often, so you might enjoy watching football or you might enjoy going for runs. Well, they may not be into that, um, and you have limited time. So what I found, and it's probably benefited me and impacted my life more than I could ever say thank you for, is find out what your kids are passionate about. My daughter liked to listen to music and dance. I'm not a dancer. She put on some music. I danced with her. We had such a good time. My son fell in love with, for anyone who knows me, the Tennessee Titans. I'm wearing Tennessee Titan gear right now. He was so in love with that team that we just, we went to visit them. We went to a game and he loved it so much. We went next year. We've been going for over 20 years now and it's become the richest tradition I have with him right now. And it's because I followed his passion. So don't force your kids into what you want to do. Listen to them. And they may not even say it, but just learn from them. What drives them? What are they passionate about? And support them. It may be something that you have no interest in. Learn about it. Do it with them. You'll find bonds with them that you never knew existed. I love that advice so much. And I want to tell my listeners that I have watched The Bachelor and The Bachelorette probably 15 seasons because it was my only thing that my daughter wanted to watch and if I could be with her and sit there and watch it with her and scratch her back and make fun of it and laugh and say funny things while the show was going on, it was some of the best times. And that show bugged me a lot. But I watched it every season because that was my chance to be with her. And we laughed so hard. We would make these comments and just burst out laughing at the show. It was so funny. I love that. <laughs> 
All right, next thing is make your new house a home. Yeah, it's uh, it's your kid's house, right? So you want them to feel comfortable. I, I remember um, going to pick out furniture and all the knickknacks and things like that with the kids, let them pick out things for their bedroom. So we set it up for them. It doesn't change the fact that in their mind, it's not their primary home, but you want them to feel comfortable. You want them to come to your house and run into their room and throw their stuff there and just feel comfortable like it's their house. So, you know, take their, their views into mind and let them drive it. It might not be your style, but it's their room. I want to bring up something to piggyback on that for everybody listening who's thinking, well, I'm in an apartment. I'm not going to be here that long, so I don't want to invest too much. My advice is invest like you're going to be there for a long time because, first of all, you can take all the stuff to your new home. Like, Don't invest in doing things that you can't take to the next place, but act like it's your place for a long time because it'll make the kids feel better. Yeah, you don't want them to hold their nose when they come over and say, God, how long do I have to be in this place? You want them to feel comfortable, so make them feel comfortable. All right, next piece of advice is don't introduce the kids to a new girlfriend too soon. Yeah, I mean, if you talk to any of the lawyers or mediators in your group, we all go through this with anyone going through a divorce. Everybody, every couple has to be comfortable with how long they want to wait. It's just the best thing to do. Um, the kids are still trying to figure out what's going on with mom and dad. And the second you show them somebody else, it's heartbreaking because they they may mistakenly think you might get back together. And it really drives the stake in their heart that you're not. And it also makes them feel that perhaps you don't care enough about your spouse that you're ready to move on so quickly because in their heart, you're still mom and dad. So you have to really take your time in that one. It's something that every, I think every divorced parent wants to do to show your kids, hey, I'm okay. People want to date me. People want to be with me. But from your kid's perspective, they're still getting used to you and your other spouse being together. And you don't want to force them out of their beliefs. It's hard. You just have to take your time. Such a good point. And, you know, I understand for people listening that if you fall in love again, you're so happy, you feel better than you have in your life. You didn't think it was ever going to happen. You felt so lonely for so long. And now you finally met this wonderful woman and you couldn't be happier. And it's only natural that you want to share that with your kids and you want your kids to see how wonderful she is. And you want her to see how wonderful your kids are. And you want this Brady Bunch happy picture. And Michael and I are not saying that you can't have it, but if you try to push it too soon, you're going to ruin it. Yeah. And frankly, if you think about it this way too, most relationships don't last, right? I mean, you might date a few different people. So if you introduce your kids and all of a sudden you have to tell them, oh, we're not seeing each other anymore. How are you going to feel then? So just wait till you're sure it's something real and then take your time. Love it. Next point is don't say anything to the kids about money. Don't talk to them like, oh, I have to give your mom $2,000 a month in child support and I'm really stressed about it. Why is it bad to talk money to the kids? I mean, money's one of those topics you rarely talk to anybody about, right? You don't talk to your friends about it. When you're married, do you really want your kids to know money's tight this month and we might have to pinch a little bit here or there? It's just one of those topics. And when you reduce your relationship with their spouse to money, it makes them feel like a commodity. 
So there's a lot of things you shouldn't share with kids. And even beyond money, this might be one of our other topics is don't talk negatively about your spouse either. Um, I had an experience and I, you know, I tried to bite my tongue so many times, but there were so many frustrations I had with what was happening. And I tried my best not to share them, but I'll never forget. I was in the car with the kids once and I just had to vent. I just said, you guys, you know, your mom, blah, blah, blah. And they shut me down right away and said, dad, we don't want to hear about it. And I realized at that point, they just do not want to hear. They do not want to be in the middle. And I tried my best after that, not to bring that up. Okay. So great points, Michael. And to my listeners, we understand nobody's perfect. I've badmouthed my ex countless times over the 17 years we've been divorced. And, you know, don't beat yourself up. We're not asking you to be perfect. But we want you to know the consequences of doing that. All it does, it doesn't help. That's why we were talking about have an outlet, have somebody else to talk to about it so you don't talk about it to your kids. Because all it does is just make them feel worse. They don't want to hear anything negative because they love their mother. They love their mother and father. But I want to bring something else up about the money. So I'm going to ask my listeners a question. Do you want your kids to be secure in life as a grown-up, be a secure person? And I'm sure the answer is yes. That was a loaded question. If so, do not make them feel insecure about money ever. Like I grew up with the best dad on earth and we did not have that much money, but I thought we were really wealthy the whole time I was growing up, you know, because he never made us feel like there was anything to worry about. And so I think I'm a pretty secure person because of that. So don't put that burden on the kids. And I understand I've been in situations where I'm so insecure about money in life and you're so worried but don't share it with the kids. Again, have an outlet. Tell your therapist, tell your family, whoever it is, but not the kids. All right, we are getting down to the end of this. We have a couple more. Michael came up with this one. Support your ex's extended family. Yeah, this one's, I think it's easier for a mom who has the kids more often than you. When you have limited time, it's hard to give up that time. It's so valuable. But on the other side of the family, they're going to have grandparents who have significant birthdays, 70th birthday, 80th birthday. There's going to be a wedding. There's going to be a family celebration for an engagement or something. And it's it shows a lot to say, you know what, go to your mom's house, enjoy that party. And hey, if you have time afterwards, come on over, we'll do something. It shows them that you're a mensch. It shows them that um, you care about them and their family, which is really important. Don't you want your kids to be tied and have good relationships with their family on both sides? That's a gift that they have. Let them enjoy it. I love that advice. That is so good. And you might have issues with your extended family at that point, but put them aside. Who cares? They don't have to love you anymore. They're allowed to spat. They're allowed to side with your ex because that's blood, but you don't want to let that affect your kids. And the best way to give your kids security and just really good memories of their childhood is to have them engage with that extended family and support it. Last point, and this is what Michael does, is mediate your divorce. So Michael, tell the listeners how mediating divorce is going to help the kids your ex, you, everybody, and your life and have a happier life after divorce. Yeah. So 
there's so many reasons. I'll probably just focus on one. And that's what mediation does to help you and your former spouse become good co-parents. And that's what we're talking about today is how do you, how do you work together so that your kids are um, healthy and happy and not affected by your divorce like they would be if it was a contentious litigated divorce. Um, when you mediate, you work together. Uh, you work together, you make your own decisions. Um, the kids see that and they feel it. So they understand that mom and dad are working together and they care about them enough to work together. It's so much better than litigation. The other thing is a mediation really only takes three or four months start to finish. When you think about a litigated divorce, it could take a year and a half in Illinois. Um, and think of all the stress the kids are under during that year and a half when mom and dad are fighting and pulling and playing tug of war over stupid issues. When you mediate, you resolve it quickly. You could both move on in a more healthy way. And the kids don't have that anxiety about the divorce for a long period of time. So it really helps them. Uh, mediation is by far the healthiest process. Guess what? It's also the cheapest and the quickest. So it's not too often where you could go to the store and buy the best product <laughs> for the least amount of price. So if you're able to mediate, I highly, highly recommend it. And I think a lot of people don't realize that mediation sets the tone for the after the divorce and you don't walk away remembering what your ex said in court and what he did to you or she did to you. You walk away remembering those conversations of negotiating and mediation isn't perfect. There's probably going to be some hurtful things said or whatever, but I would say it's so much less. And so when you walk away from that, you don't have those bitter, horrible feelings. Plus, you walk away from the divorce with a plan that you helped craft. So it was in your control. And so it's easier to stick to a plan that you put together versus a plan that you were awarded or your ex was awarded in court that you, by law, have to stick to. Exactly. And one of the fallacies or one of the misconceptions about mediation is I'm not going to be protected. Well, you are because all mediators are trained in the law of your state and you have the ability to either bring a lawyer into the session or consult on a limited scope basis outside. And then at the end, a lawyer is going to review your agreement and a judge is going to review your agreement. So the nice thing is you have a lot of latitude to come up with what's best for your family. It will be reviewed by a lawyer and a judge before it's approved. Um, so it's really something worth looking into. Completely. And just FYI, Michael has a mediation certificate from Northwestern University. And also, you can still talk to your lawyer. I mean, it's going to cost you, but you can say, do you really think I should be doing this? And if you trust your lawyer and you have a good lawyer, you're going to feel so much better because chances are the lawyer is going to say, I think this is really fair. And then you're going to feel so good about it. And then as Michael said, the last thing is a judge is going to look at the agreement and the judge could say, no, I don't agree. I don't agree with this. But how many times do they really do that? If you have a good mediator, then you do it within the a reasonable way where a judge is going to say, okay, this is seems fair. Right. In most cases, you go to court one time and you're done, which is such a relief. Michael, thank you so much. I loved this conversation. I feel like we gave some really good insight and advice. Do you? Oh, I love it. I love this. This topic is why I'm doing what I'm doing. So thanks for the opportunity. And you can tell. So if you liked what you heard and you want to call Michael for a consultation, you can find him at michaelsmediation.com 
or in the trusted professional section of Divorce Girl Smiling. And if you want to find other trusted vetted divorce professionals or listen to more podcasts, read articles, download my mobile app or sign up for my free consult, come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you real soon.